Let's get started, guys. What is up? My name is Ryan uh, with Stays and Kill, and we are here with Dan from Melrose Barrel Pickers. Uh, I mean, my opinion, the best barrel picking group in Nashville. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and honestly, some of the best guys I've ever met. Uh, there's another club here that's... Uh, Anyways, um, but Dan, so so tell us, <laughs> tell us about yourself, man. How did you get into bourbon? How did you uh, come up with this idea to essentially just have such a great group of not only just people, but man, you guys are putting out some of the best picks in the area. So the group kind of came about through uh, a, a store that I had shopped at, and the store owner didn't really have a direction, as many of the stores that you guys go mm -hmm. to, right? You walk in and the store owner has bourbon, and if you shop with him, you get bourbon. And if you don't, you don't. Right. Right. And occasionally get lucky and find something sitting on the shelf. Um, but to kind of go before that, you ask how I got into bourbon. I started drinking bourbon. That was the first alcohol I ever had. I think I told you guys a story. I was 16 in a, a state that was state-controlled. <laughs> and uh, I picked a bottle, and I picked the bottle that was a circle, right? So I was like, oh, that one. Like it's a circle. Like I guess it's different. I did. I literally asked the guy for whiskey. I was like, I'll take some whiskey, because that's not a dead giveaway. That you <laughs> you don't just go pick out a bottle. You just ask. So he sold me something off the top shelf, which turned out to be Blanton's. Um, <laughs> and I don't even drink Blanton's anymore, as you know. I don't even like Blanton's anymore. But um, I was shopping at a store. Talked to the owner, and he was interested. He liked bourbon. Was supportive, and you know KP. Yep. yep. Um, and. He was like, I'll sell it at retail. I'll sell my bottles at retail. Um, but I don't really know how to get into this. I don't know how to do picks. I don't know how to do all of that. I agreed to do the picks if he gave us the bottles at retail. If he did allocation at retail. So that kind of started it. And the reason that I pushed so hard for the retail and getting allocated bottles out at retail is because people can't afford. I don't ever want somebody to go into Melrose and be like, I can't afford a pick because... You're charging $20 over secondary. Even if we go into the the whole, let's do this for charity, I, I don't like charging over because I don't ever want bourbon to be restrictive. I don't want somebody to be able to not do something with their family or pay a bill because they're buying a bottle. I think that's stupid, and um, that's why I, I push so hard. Because I've been broke before. I know what it's like to be broke and be like, okay, I, I can't afford a bottle right now. But it, all of our picks, we try to do them as close to retail as possible. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, you know how that I've told yep. you the story yep. of the parties. We have a giant party and everything sold at uh, retail for secondary instead of secondary for um, the allocated bottles. And that's, I mean, one, I mean, the store that you guys chose, KP's awesome. KP's uh, awesome. KP's a great guy. Colonial uh, here in Nashville, great store. It's not going to be your, your most giant store, but the <laughs> no. selection there is incredible. Um, he does. He puts a lot of effort into it, and he like if you ask for something that's not like allocated, if you're even if it's just wine and stuff, like he'd be like, I have buddies that their wife will ask for wine. And he's like, all right, yeah, I'll get it shipped in, and he'll get he'll get a case. If you ask for two bottles, he'll get you a case, and then he'll put the rest on the shelf. He does a good job. Um, the store is so small; it's been caused some issues because it's restrictive. Like we can't have parties. We that can't really true. do anything because it's, it's very tiny. Small. Yeah, we literally have to roll the barrels because we get all the barrels from the picks. We roll them behind the building. <laughs> And I have to lock them up, so that's fun. But um, it, it's a small building, and it was originally uh, – he's only owned it for like two years, two and a half years. And so as far as Melrose is concerned, um, man, the community – and, you know, it's, it's something that me and you are very passionate about is men's mental health and 
things like that. And you had posted the video uh, that we just, you know, I, I kind of threw together on TikTok and um, the response for that just with, you know, uh, some of our, our mutual friends. Yeah. Um, knowing that, like, I feel like on some bourbon groups that that would be looked over or like hated on as far as like, man, this isn't bourbon. It's not you know? bourbon. Yeah. I, I think that the, I added on to it, like the veteran proponent of it, like obviously maybe in a vet that the, the mental health thing was important, but the part that Melrose succeeds at, and I've been very adamant about it from the very beginning is you can be a part of the group if you're going to be kind to people. Yeah. If you're going to be part of the community, I'm not, we're not going to fight over picks. We're not going to fight over allocation. We're not going to do any of that. There's not going to be any fighting at all. That's not the goal. It's never been the goal. Um, I think that the community has kind of degraded somewhat in recent years into it, it's either about bourbon or it's not about bourbon. Right. It's like, that's stupid. Like every, we do this, we spend so much time doing it now, right? Like how many people that watch this have sat in a line for 12 hours with somebody they don't know <laughs> and been like, just talking to them. Why not make friends? Why not yes. enjoy and, 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 and be part of a community where you can talk about something besides whiskey because right. it makes us sound like alcoholics right <laughs> so and that, not that i have anything wrong with talking about it obviously but it that the mental health portion of it is why not create a community where people know that they're cared about and it's it's a friendship thing and obviously uh i met you yeah and matt and everybody and it, it there's a community that needs to be yeah. there it shouldn't just be well i want my store to get this pick or this barrel and do whatever and if you're in another group then screw you right that's, that's never been the mentality and it's it's painfully been part of the mentality even locally yeah i think i've told you pretty much every group yeah. in locally is like all right you're gone because you run another group it's yeah. like why i don't i don't care like i'm not i'm not going to steal your hopefully people can buy all the picks i'll continue to buy your picks it's, it's i want to try as much of it as physically possible and as much as we can grow the industry locally we get more allocation right so these companies look at it and say hey this this area is selling a lot of booze we got to give them more yeah um it's not a, we look at it in the short term and go, oh, I don't like this other group because they got a Buffalo Trace pick. We didn't get one this year because of it. It's like, well, yeah, this year it sucks. Yeah, it's not the greatest thing. But over the long term, that everybody looks at it and says, hey, it's selling out. Because you go into Florida and you're from Florida. You only get nothing. Nothing. But guess what? There are places you can stop going to 30A and whatever. Yeah. You'll find Buffalo Trace on the shelf. That's not good. Why? Because they don't necessarily sell it. If you're selling out of everything that they send you, they're going to send you more. And year over year, Nashville's grown. In our, we, this town was little when I first moved here seven years ago. It's tiny, and it's it's gotten a lot bigger. So I think that the the demand has increased so exponentially. A lot of these companies are trying to catch up. And that's one thing too. I mean, we're talking about Nashville and me coming from Pensacola, which is you know we're we're closer to Alabama than we are Florida. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, but man, it, if you found, and we were talking about this in an earlier podcast, if you found Buffalo trace on the shelf, you know, or an Eagle rare, or by God, you came across an EH Taylor small batch. Yeah. That is like, you had a great day. Yeah. You can walk into 90% of the stores here in town and it's there. Yeah. You can get it. It's, it's one of those things that, Eagle Rares yeah, still relatively hard. E.H. Taylor is definitely hard, but it's not as hard as it was. And what people aren't, I think, I don't think people correlate and go, a year ago it was hard to find. It was impossible, 
right? Buffalo, I remember when Total Wine opened and Buffalo Trace, you couldn't even get it on the shelf because people were like, <laughs> oh, it's here, let's buy all of it. And, and that's cool, but at the same time, people aren't going, hey, did we get more than we got last year? We did. I know we did because of our allocation at the store. Year over year, we're getting more. Buffalo Trace produced more Rip Van Winkle last year than they ever have by over double. Wow. And that's if you look at the secondary market, dropped out. That's why, right? <clears throat> that whole idea of they're producing more, they are playing, playing catch up. Um, and, and that's the demand was uh, nobody can foresee that, right? Nobody can foresee these 22 year old kids going, oh, the 30 year old I hang out with drinks bourbon. I'm going to start drinking bourbon. I'm going to get in line and wait for 12 hours <laughs> and sleep, <laughs> sleep outside. That's, that's not something that any business for, can foresee. And it's uh, driven the creation of some brands that are new. Um, A lot of them are producing the same stuff, right? You got the MGPs and stuff like that. But a lot of stuff is different. And there are people that saw it coming five or six years ago that are putting juice out now. Uh, Ben Holiday, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. The first Ben Holiday picked I had from One Man Wolfpack was unbelievable. Um, And everything I've had from them has been pretty good. So I did see a was it the six year um, Ben Holiday bottled in bond, and I keep passing it up. Is that some? Is that oh, something that yeah, you need to grab? Okay. It. So we I sold out. Um, it, it's unfair to say that I guess. So obviously with Melrose, if I yeah. go, hey, yeah. this is good. Everybody goes, oh shit, I'm gonna go grab that. <laughs> um, so I had the one man wolf pack, and I was like, okay, it's a one man wolf pack pick. Of course, it's gonna be good. Yeah. And then Seth, uh, who you met, yep. and your, your your video that you did with the, the Melrose bottle, um, Seth was like, no, it's all pretty good. Try it. So I went to the store and got, as soon as it became available here, we got it. And I was like, oh, this is almost as good as a pig. Like, it's just good, and it's their own juice. It's not MGP. So they're producing their own product, and, and it's it's they're not the only ones doing it. Yeah. There are plenty of other groups out there. And, and MGP is not bad. By any means, I, I've done 21 barrels of Penelope, right? Um, blends, mixes, all kinds of stuff. It, MGP creates a great product. Yeah. But everybody just wants to go, oh, it's MGP. It, but there are levels. There are levels. There, there are, are levels there are of levels. MGP. Yeah, I'll agree with that. You know, we were talking about that today, actually, at work. And, uh, you know, just discussing, like, you know, you walk into a store and you look at their store picks and there's probably 80% of them are going to be from MGP, but there are levels of MGP that, you know, you're talking their, their own brands like, um, you know, Tumbling Dice and, uh, mm-hmm. what is it? Rossville union. And then all these other ones. And then like, then you get like the Penelope 15 years from, from MGP. You get the, um, you know, the even locally, some of the stuff that Southern Collective has done uh, from MGP so here. I, I think the thing that you just mentioned, though, is if you look at the two groups, Southern Collective, right, or um, Joseph Magnus, or whatever, yeah. yeah, right, that group, and then you've got Penelope and the groups that finish. All of them are finishing their product. It's a, They're not taking this product and going, hey, I'm going to put it in a bottle, say I like it, and then call it whatever. Um, for the groups that do that, there are plenty of them. I'm not going to name any of them, but like, there are plenty of groups that just say, "Hey, it's MGP, yeah. and I'm going to sell it." But 
the the finished products there is an, a desire for it i think some of it is the fact that the market is um there are people getting into bourbon yes and and getting into bourbon is hard when somebody goes hey here's koi hill and you're like holy <laughs> hell like hey like, what did you just give me um because even Hot, though, it burns yeah, it, it, never, it burns it burns so good um but the 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 that that it burns a lot of us search for like hey i want the uh i think that we you guys know that we're releasing the jack barrel yep. proof rye yep. and ours is 130.4 130.7 somewhere in there i don't know i drank too much of it last night to remember <laughs> but it comes out next week and um ben 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 <laughs> but uh when we had it there were some we had it i believe a hazmat or close to a hazmat available and um, that's not something that I necessarily search for because there are times even with me and, and guys that drink as much as we do that we're like, it's just too much. Yeah. Um, we've released two hazmats. Um, but, and I love, you know, you know, I like the high proof stuff, right? But it's not something I necessarily search yeah. for because I think that, that, that desire that you're talking about and seeing Southern Collective and Penelope do so well in the levels. Yeah. They're taking something that's a good product. And we talked about blending earlier before we started shooting and say, hey, what what's different about a blended product versus a, it? They are taking something and blending and or finishing that product. The maple finish rye. Amazing. That from us, the breakfast and bed. Yeah. That was Southern Collective and it's unbelievable. Yep. That's not MGP, uh, to be clear. <laughs> I don't want to say that's MGP. It's not. Um, there was, I believe, one of the Carolinas, right? Yep. yep. Carolina rye. Um, I released so many of them. I don't even remember what all of them are. I don't even. I do. I think I did thirty-two picks this year. Man, one day I'm gonna be like Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you do just as many. You got hard truth, man. I did. We did. We did get hard truth. So personally, I've done. I think hard truth was seventeen. I think we talked about that when we were up there. Yeah. Um, my seventeenth pick that I've been a part of. But talking about picks, right? Talking about. Um, how many you've done, I've done. We were on one together. Yeah, we did. We did one together. We did uh, Wheeler's Raid and their first cigar finish. Correct. And um, so... Well, and technically it's not cigar finish. It's yeah. tobacco. Yep. Which is even weirder, right? It's a it's a completely different take, but sorry. No, no. That's, you know, that that pick sold out almost immediately. Minutes? Yeah. Sorry, you're going to have to cut this out. Later. That no, um, that'll be but, a B-roll stuff, but yeah. Um, no, so we did this cigar finish and, and it was kind of talking around blending and that kind of thing. Yeah. We went in and picked a barrel of MGP and said, we like this out of the two barrels. Okay. Let's finish this product. And they, the wheelers like many of the other small distilleries out there, don't get enough credit for what they're doing. There's one out of Florida, actually, that I ran into. I watched Bourbon Junkies, and uh, they it was uh, like two years ago they did the holiday release and they yeah. did the, the blinds. And it was Ology, and they thought somebody had misspelled Mythology. It wasn't. <laughs> it was Ology out of Southern Florida. I believe it's out of Southern Florida. And um, two days later, I was at Heaven Hill, and the whole Ology team had a party there. <laughs> and I met them, and they're like, we'll send you some. And it's phenomenal. I actually sent a bottle of the rye, I think, to Bourbon Junkies. But it was that there's so many of these smaller groups out there, and Wheelers being one of them. Mm-hmm. We picked the barrel, they threw the staves into it, which were cured in tobacco leaves, right? Not, it wasn't a traditional, like, hey, we're going to put in a different type right. of barrel. 
Um, and it turned out great. Yeah, it was. I mean, just the picking process was cool. And, and you know, I was kind of discussing this with Matt uh, doing a, another topic for a podcast. But I think this is a really good kind of leeway in. We were both we were both with Dixon when we fresh cracked his new innkeepers there at the Whiskey House. Yes. Uh, very, very intimate setting. Um, and he discussed how like the three different uh, tasters of bourbon mm-hmm. um, and how uh, he had like, you know, he had kind of levels of like, there's the people who are like, yeah, this is good. Or yeah, this is bad. And then there's the people. And he shared a funny story about uh, Jimmy and Eddie Russell there too. But um, he was talking about how some people pull out these outlandish tasting notes. Right. 100%. Um, and then, you know, he was talking about how they were on that panel and Jimmy leaned over to him and said, I don't know about you, Dixon, but I don't put hibiscus and leather in my bourbon. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then he talked about the third kind of taster, which was one of his favorites. And he was like, if you can get your bourbon to attach it to a memory, mm-hmm. that is the best kind of taster. So I think the part, and I've talked to you about this before, and I know I've talked to Ross about it, but in Ross says the same thing whenever he does his, because I think you went to the one at whiskey mm-hmm. house with him as well. It, it's bourbon is attached to a memory slash an experience. Yes. Hey, you, not everybody likes pizza, right? Not everybody likes steak. Not everybody likes seafood, whatever. Everybody has some taste that they're like, this is what I enjoy. Yes. This is a memory. This is something for me. And whether or not we are, we mean to, we're programmed to go, this is what I associate this to. And and there are some overwhelming flavors. Yes, you can taste stuff and go, hey, this tastes like green apple. I don't (laughs) care if you don't think this tastes like green apple, it tastes like green apple. But there are some of these weird notes, I think, that you get, I wouldn't call them weird, but different notes that you're you go into and you're like, Oh, this, I, it tastes like leather. Well, I've said that before. I'm not going to lie and act like I haven't said it before. What does that mean to me? It means something massively different than it yeah. means to you or Matt or yeah. anybody. It's going to be something massively different because it's, it's based off experiences. Yes. And that's what makes it fun. That's what makes, um, like, I'll give you an example. So the Heaven Hill 20 this year, right? You tried, did you try it? I house? didn't try the 20. It's at the house. You need to try it. But um, I had it and um, it's not bad. A lot of people hated it. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't the, it didn't blow everybody away because uh, mellow corn's not bad. I love mellow corn, actually. <laughs> I actually really like mellow corn, but uh, it, it's, it's a different um, palette. And, and it, it goes, that was one I would say is majorly based on experience yeah. to say, Hey, it tastes like this to me. Um, I got a lot of like caramel, like a popcorny caramel corn type deal. Um, you can definitely taste the corn, but <laughs> it's, it's a different, it's a different taste. And I think everybody tastes something different with it. And, and again, right. You said it the best was like, it's, it's attached to an experience. It's attached to an emotion. And, um, Dixon was like, man, like this reminds me of Christmas morning when I was a kid. Yep. Like, uh, can you imagine a one, you know, we talked about how bourbon is just the drink that brings the community together that mm-hmm. we, you know, not only do we talk about bourbon, but we talk about life and we talk about our mental health and we talk about our families. 
But then it's like, or we should, right? Or we like, should, yeah, we should be, and we're not. Like I think as a whole, I think that's why people like Melrose versus other groups. And I'm not. Yeah. There's, it's not a competition, right? Right. And I, I'll never view it as a competition, but I think that's why people go. We posted the mental health movie. Yeah. There. Why? Because it means something to the community to say, hey, this person's struggling. Um, and then we've talked about other people that have had stuff happen. Yeah, and it's and that's the beauty of it, right? Is because, like, within Bourbon, we've made relationships with people that, like, I know what they've been through. Mm-hmm. I know their past. I know what they've shared with me. Like, we're we're more than just a. Uh, uh, acquaintance over a drink now like we're mm-hmm. we're friends you know um, I was hanging out with one of the Melrose members last night and he was like yeah. dude like you know I helped Anthony move and you know which is another one of the members there like he, I've helped him so much that he's like you know he's like nah don't worry about it like I'll you can taste whatever you want you can get whatever you like that's that's the beauty of the the spirit I would say of bourbon is it's more than just the drink it kind of just brings us all together so, and that's how I met Anthony. Um, that's how I met Andy and Jeff and all the Chad and all those guys. Um, most of my closest friends I've met through that yeah. community. And there's something to be said for, that's how um, my attorney, right? My yeah. business partner yeah. was originally my attorney. And um, he shared a personal experience. He, And I won't go into detail with it because you guys probably will talk to him eventually. But he, his dad... Um, and him would share George T. Stag because it used to be one of those pro- products that sat on the shelf. <laughs> it's not anymore. Um, but they would share George T. Stag for births and deaths yeah. and things like that. And um, he shared that with me. And as a gift, right after I started, I met him, I gave him a bottle of George T. Stag because he had just had a baby. And um, that, but that's part of what it's about, right? Yeah. His that has a meaning to him. I can never imagine what George C. Stag chase tastes like to him. That's gonna be like, yeah, it's great to me. I Man. love it. <laughs> it's it's good. But there's there's something so much deeper for him in that bottle that I will never experience. Um, I almost hope I don't, right? Because there's there's some good and bad. Yeah, bourbon has good and bad. Yeah. Um, and those experiences are something that you you develop over time and. There's there's people that probably don't drink certain things. I didn't drink Four Roses because of my experiences on Four Roses. Most of that was college stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> the army, like, oh, I got drunk off this too many times. But that that same that the experiences, good and bad, are there, and you, you're never going to be able to replicate that. You don't want yeah. to. It's not it's not it's not about replicating. Yeah. It's about having something of yourself, your own. Yeah. And uh, so speaking of experiences, man, I got a buddy who I've met through the bourbon community. Um, at the time, he was living in North Carolina. Now he's living in Pennsylvania. But his uh, first daughter was born, and we had connected. We've honestly we've never met in person, but okay. we we connected on social media, and um, you know we just continually talk, and we still talk to this day. But he had a bottle of GTS twenty twenty, okay, and uh, he cracked that bottle open, sent me a sample, yeah. and then waited to drink his. Until his daughter was born. Okay. So the as soon as uh, he brought his daughter home, he FaceTimed me and said, Hey, it's I sent you that sample. I know you have it. It's time for you to open it up and let's let's share it now. Well, that's super cool. So like because of the community, one, 
I got to sample GTS 2020, you know, but then also like, man, because of, we connected over, over bourbon. Now I'm sharing a pour with him Mm -hmm. because his daughter was born and we live States apart. You know, the same, we're sharing the same bottle at the same time, States apart. And yeah, I mean, it just kind of wraps it around like the community uh, that bourbon has the ability to create if it's uh, tended to uh, and correctly, correctly yeah. and done correctly has it's so much power. And, and I think that the the portion we're ruining it. Oh, when I say we, and to, to an extent, I think we're included, right? Because mm-hmm. we we do take part in some of the nonsense that you almost have to. But I think that the 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 weird thing is bourbon has turned into what scotch was it's got that reputation of like i can't afford it i'm not even going to get into it yeah. i'm not even going to pursue this because i can't play that game and and that's not that's that's a polar opposite of what i wanted melrose to be um if i say that knowing that if like they're like hey it's a hundred thousand dollars for this barrel i'd be like like okay, it's Willet. Cool, I'll buy it. <laughs> I, so I'm not saying that I, it's not fair to spend some money. What I am saying though is, it, I'm going to try to get it as, at the level at the cheapest level I physically yeah. can. But I think the other part of it that's very interesting is when you look at the the reputation that whiskey has garnered in the recent years versus what scotch used to be or it still is scotch still yeah. is very exclusive um you forget like the base roots of it a bunch of hillbillies in the mountains <laughs> in kentucky going i'm gonna make I'm make some good good yeah right it's the original good good it's not <laughs> it's not the green it's the uh but um tyler childers did that song recently the sour mash he did that for, for his friend that died and um it, like it's very base level what bourbon and whiskey used to yeah. be right bourbon and whiskey really was you looked down on for some time and uh it definitely during the 80s but even it wasn't considered old money if you ever read there's a book you should read uh george remus right so remus yeah remus in the book and this is it's a biography he had a house party and he would throw these lavish parties to the point of being like What's that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio oh, where he's um, like throws these massive yes. house parties? Oh my gosh. Anyway, it, it's that same style deal where he would spend lavish money on parties because he was looked down on because his money came from bootlegging. Uh, and um, he had a party at his house back when they had $1,000 bills and all the men were given a $1,000. Great bill. Gatsby. Great, yeah, Gatsby. <laughs> the Gatsby. He, he gave everybody at the party a $1,000 bill, all the men thousand dollar bill well of course the women are like yeah they go outside and everybody had a brand new rolls royce waiting for them in the parking lot the women did um whether or not that's a true story like many things with bourbon right right like the first double barrel was done at old forester because of a fire which is probably not true (laughs) (laughs) but it's the story they'll tell you at old forester and it's the roots of bourbon is very different and deep yeah and where it came from and People forget that. Now it's this classy, high-end thing. Like you guys walk into the house, you see that giant bar, and everybody's like, oh, "That costs so much money." I'm like, "Well, it did. It shouldn't." Right. Uh, but it's the, it's Kentucky, is a very unique place. Always yeah. has been a unique place. 
and bourbon was never meant to be something that was exclusive or, yeah. or um, domineering, I guess, would be a good word for it because it's like, oh, you're just that guy. Like, that mentality, if you want to instantly not be friends with me, and uh, I will say, Drag, if you want to instantly not be friends with me, make make bourbon unattainable or unfriendly. Um, the idea is never to exclude or not let somebody be part of something. Um, it's supposed to be a community, right? Like that's the yeah. part that is missing so much from what we do is, and there is some of that that has to happen, right? The business side of it yeah. in, in business, generally they tell you to not do what you love, right? People go, Oh, you should do what you love. And then people go, man, I hate it. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, there is a business side to it, but don't, don't ever go, Oh, you don't know what that's like. Well, help me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you, you guys do the TikTok stuff. I'm nowhere near, obviously this will end up going on TikTok, but it, people go, well, why don't you share something? It's like, well, sure I will. But I think that the reason that people act that way towards it and go, well, then send me a sample. They don't expect you to say yes. Right. They, they, they are so used to people going, man, this GTS is great. You'll never have one. Ha ha. Like, it's not the mentality that me or my friends have. And it's, it's a, it's a, there's a community portion of it that's so missing yes. that people just don't expect it anymore. And that's, that's the one thing again, right. You know, and we've kind of dove into this like um, communal aspect of bourbon, but specifically for me here, moving to Nashville, getting connected with you and the other guys from Melrose, man, I've had more opportunities to do some epic things, right? Dixon Deadman and going to the whiskey house, which was like a bucket list thing. Now it's just a regular thing. Yeah. Um, but anytime I've hung out with you or Anthony or anyone from the Seth, anyone from the whiskey house, it's like, Oh, you want to try this? Absolutely. Yeah. It's never been like, nah, man, you know, and, and there's levels to it, right? Like they're not even levels, but like etiquette, right? They, they want you to go show some respect. Don't, don't pour a two ounce pour of a right. 1906 EH <laughs> Taylor, right. Or whatever. Um, <clears throat> But at the same time, if you're respectful of the, the what they are looking for, you can try whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and, and Whiskey House is a very cool experience. It, it is, but at the same time, they're so careful about it initially, I think, because of how people do act. Yeah. People are stupid about it. Um, it's it's the uh, So the F cancer bottle. Yeah. Fuck cancer bottle, however you're going to what you want to edit that out. But Boop. Brian, atten- well, so, well, it, hey, they put it out. Pen- uh, Penelope that puts is it true. out as a product. They did. And um, a perfect example of community is Brian Atten locally. His wife passed away from cancer unexpectedly at a very young age. He now works for Penelope, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they did that bottle prior to. And that that's the kind of stuff. I think one of the reasons that Penelope is so successful is they... They don't try to make it anything crazy. We'll see if that changes now that MGP's bottom. But what they do is very much tailored towards new slash young drinkers. It's a finished product. So, and I think that's what the finish is for is for the newer drinkers. What's crazy too is the fact that we're both connected to, I mean, you as far as the owners of Penelope, me as far as their the guy who runs all their social media, Matt, Matt, yeah, Matt yeah. you know, me and Matt are buddies, but you know, the owners, but it's so crazy how personable that 
that team well, the, the really team, is. Yeah, so Jays, who, if this last trip to New York, you guys have been able to go, like, Jays is just as cool. Like, the entire team at Penelope, um, I don't buy 21 barrels from, well, it's hard to buy it from anybody, but at the same time, like, I wouldn't buy it if it wasn't good. And that's one of the other things is, like, with Penel or with Melrose, I won't put anything out if I don't approve. Yeah. Like if I can't actually say it's good, yep, I'm not gonna put it out. It may not be the best bottle we've ever put out, right? <laughs> like you can't, I can't release bangers every like right. absolute like the best bottle ever. But I have had people that bottles that I'm like, man, this is, I don't know how I feel about this, right? And people come to me and go, I think that's the best one you've ever released. It's that it goes back to the experience mm-hmm. portion of it, but. That entire community is exactly what I want bourbon to be. Mike and Dan, or Danny at Penelope, the owners, or used to be owners, now they're, I guess, the managers or whatever, since MGP bought them. But those are, like, two of the best guys to ever work with. And then uh, Jace, who does the barrel program, once again, one of the best guys to work with. And then I've only met Matt three times, Mm -hmm. I think, all at bourbon events. Matt's super cool. I've done the yep. lives with him with you guys. He's su- a lot of fun. That it's exactly what. And Brian attend. Yeah, Brian. Brian is arguably one of the coolest guys in Nashville. Like he he is super nice. He's kind. Um, and that's what you kind of want. And and that's what you expect out of a a bourbon company. And they they deliver on that. Yeah. big time. And that's I mean a huge portion of their success. Of course, not only are they putting out great products, but. The fact that they are personable, they're reachable, um, they're involved, especially like on on my end with my social media platform mainly being TikTok, connecting with with Matt uh, from Penelope and him popping into your lives and commenting on your content and all these things. And Matt, you still promised me a barrel. Um, I'll go with him. I will actually go with him. It needs to come it. soon, so I can have tw- I can claim twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the I think they price their products the right way too. Or I agree. historically, like yeah. I said, this is all going to be up to. I hate to say it that way because I love the guys so much, but it obviously they're not. It's MGP, so you don't know what's going to yep. happen. But they price their products at a point where it's like you can't. What can you negatively say about Penelope? Right, like the products priced well compared to anything out there unfinished products out there and they're finishing it for that the the uh what's another toasted bourbon that you can get good toasted bourbon to be clear good toasted bourbon you can get for 65 dollars. like you're not going to get mictors Mm -mm. it's allocated you're not going to get i mean even if you look at elijah craig at 94 proof yeah, it's allocated. You can't. It's allocated. It is. I don't you know, know why, but it is. It tastes like watery marshmallow. <laughs> like it's just watery marshmallow flavored. It's not good. I don't. I so I love Elijah Craig. I love, yep. I love Heaven Hill. That's probably why my did you distillery. release it at such a low price? Yeah, stop releasing a product at whatever. What is it at? Ninety four. Ninety four. That explains a lot. Um, I honestly have a bottle that I don't know that I've seen in like years. <laughs> it's like sitting in the back. So if you go to the house, I've got the three closets. and um, So I've got a full bar, and then I've got three closets, which Ryan and Matt have seen. But I've got 
don't, I don't even know where that bottle went. Like, frankly, I don't know where it is. That's what we call first world problems. Some people really love it, and there's nothing wrong with it. But that goes back to the experience thing is some people have yes. something, they're like, hey, and that's why the, the entry to bourbon isn't something to be sneezed at, right? Yes. There's, there's something about... Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the most humbling, not the most humbling. There's been some pretty humbling experiences in bourbon, but one of the most humbling is my, yeah, I've told you before, do you know what my daily drinker is? And this is going to sound probably crappy, but it's 1792 12 year, right? Because a lot of people are like, oh, that's an allocated bottle. I'm like, yeah, in some places. Like I, I find mine and have it sent to me from a place where it's not as allocated. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I get it for like 75 bucks. Yeah. Um, I was like, man, I swear that stuff is some of the best stuff you can get. Low proof, good starter drink, daily drinker. And I did a pick at seventeen ninety two, and I was like, so what happens if nobody picks that barrel, that one right there? Nobody picks it because it was bad. Like I tried it, I was like, eh, no. Uh, and I said, nobody's gonna pick that. More than likely. What happens if it doesn't get picked? And he goes, after three or four times, we put it back in the rack, let it set for 12 years, and then turn it into... <laughs> and I was like... Well, he goes, we small batch and turn it into 12 years. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, like, my favorite opener drinker that I, I, I adore to this day is reject 1792 picks. I was like, well, that's humbling. Because I truly thought it was like... I, I still think it's one of the greatest bottles you can get for under a hundred bucks on secondary. Yeah. If you could find it, they've become more rare. Um, unless you have, have a connection, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the, uh, that's a unique bottle and it is humbling, right? Cause you go, everybody thinks there's a magic to it. But if you look at Buffalo traces products, right? It's two mash bills, man. Yeah. Like you're now you've got weeded. Everybody goes, well, it's not just two mash bills. You got weeded. I'm like, okay, yeah cool and then you've got rye and you got got it I, I understand but tell me old forester doesn't taste like woodford at a young age and i'll I, we're done talking because <laughs> they do it's all brown form yep. right everybody has a method and i think kind of one of the reasons i like four roses so much is that they've got so many mash bills and none of them taste alike yep. and there's some of them i love and some of them i could absolutely do without so. I agree. Oh man. Well, as the communal aspect and you being here and you know, us talking, I'm sure this is just the first of, of many podcasts that we're going to be a part of. Um, you've got some big plans in the works. We cannot legally talk about those plans, but um, <laughs> I'm excited for you and excited for Melrose and uh, what you, you have specifically done with KP at colonial and, and the community that you've built. Um, for here in Nashville because it's it's been so welcoming um, and it's been easy to kind of graph myself in and be a part of it uh, so I want to thank you for that especially uh, just being a friend man and well, being absolutely. being someone that you know is checking in on me and reaching out and sharing your products and um, allowing me to go on picks and opportunities with you guys but um, if you can leave us with one closing thought for this podcast, something that's affected you as far as whether your community, um, your experiences or something that you have for the future. Um, so I think what you just said is probably the most important part is we met through bourbon. Mm -hmm. I met Matt through you and there's, there's a web there, right? And then the community that you can build around yourself, if you're if you're if you go into it with the right mentality yeah 
is not you you can completely change your world if you change how you look at we spend so much time on this so much effort and and especially with what you do and with what i do in the the project you mentioned and i'll disclose that it is in kentucky but i we can't talk a lot about it like with all of what time we spend on this right why not make it a, a community and a family and a friendship rather than make it a because you you can really change your your world and yeah. the other somebody else's world, right? You were new to Nashville, mm-hmm. and uh, now you the guy you hung out with last. How long have you known Patrick? We that was the first time we ever met in person. Yeah, so <laughs> Patrick, so you met somebody that he's a great guy. Yep, been over to my house several times. Great, great guy, guy great family, and um, all out of something very basic. So. Yeah. You can make a community, and I, I that's the biggest thing is if Melrose is anything, I want it to be a community. If we stop doing picks today, there are people that I know now that I would be friends with probably for the rest of my life. And and that's huge. Um, and I don't know that you can say that about a lot of groups. If they stop doing picks, you'll never hear from Joe again. Yeah. Right, I picked Joe because I don't know any <laughs> Joe Salih groups, but you're never going to hear from Joe again. I don't want it to be that. I want it to be... Hey, how are you doing, Ryan? How are you doing, Matt? How are you yeah. doing? Like, what, what's going on in your day-to-day life? And bourbon is secondary to that. And um, you may not get along with everybody. There are people in Melrose that I probably would not get along with talking to on a day-to-day. But it doesn't mean I wouldn't treat them the same level of respect, respect and friendship that I would treat anybody else with. So I think that's kind of the key, right? Like, that's the part that is so different about the group. And so... Um, it's not meant to be an exclusive group. If Melrose has 20,000 people one day, I'll have to buy a lot more barrels. But um, it's not meant to be a very exclusive group that I charge $3,000 for. I, and there's nothing wrong with one-man Wolfpack. They're a great group, and their picks yeah. are amazing. I, I'll continue to get them whenever I can. <laughs> but that's not what I did. It. That's right. not what I made, made it to be. It was made to be something entirely different. And, and that's kind of going to be how I manage it as long as I'm in charge of Melrose. I started it, so probably forever. But uh, that's never what I meant it to be. And if community, if we can put community first in bourbon, I think it would change everything about the the entire uh, how we view it, how how we how we maintain as a uh, bourbon. One day we'll go back to being normal, yeah. right? It's not always going to be like this. And if we can create something that is sustainable, it's more fun in between, right? If you can sit down with friends and not just competitors and whatever else you want to call people, you can make it something different. And I mean, you saying that, like sitting down with friends, we took when when we were in the room with Dixon, he talked about like everyone used to hang out together. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Jimmy and then all the other master distillers, like Jimmy's the only one left. Well, yeah, there's one other. Well, yeah, but yeah, Jim Rutledge. Jim Rutledge. Like, um, <laughs> but like he was, so we Jim's were... a little bit different though, because he's not one of the old. Like yes, he's, yes, he, he he is not one of the, but he is at this point. He's one of the original. But the like Pappy, the Russells, all those guys, it was a community. Yep. Um, the, the, if you've gone to Makers, where you're extending, I know you were ending this. No, right? no, no. This is so good. when we went to Makers, <clears throat> they talk about. The, the theory behind makers, it came from the wife making bread and so on and so forth. But the reality of it is, 
he was hanging out with other master distillers and they said, this is a bad idea. This is a good idea. This is what they, they made a product with him and they, they all work together. Stitzelweller is so sought after, but Stitzelweller used to be the MGP, right? Like Stitzelweller was in everything. Like you'd look at the back of the bottle and go, oh, it's Stitzelweller. And now you can't get it. And it used to cost $5. Like literally with that that newspaper article yeah, that we yeah. had from the Melrose, that wasn't so that's a well I wish it was. Um, but that bottle was five sixty five. And I paid eight fifty for it. <laughs> but the the idea that they all used to spend time together and bounce ideas off each other, mm-hmm. it was a community. It's always been a community and we've changed that somehow. And how, I, how, but we, we've changed it and I think it needs to go back. And that's a, that's society though as a whole, but. But it, we're, but we're, we're doing it. You're doing it. I mean, just the community that, yeah. you know. And I think that's part of the thing I like about Nashville, right? Is there's a little bit more community. <clears throat> yeah. In, in this area. So I, I do enjoy it. I think that it's something that's definitely part of Melrose and part of um, Staves and Co. Right. So I think that that's something that I really liked when I met you guys was that it's like, Oh, that's what it's about. It's not about, well, let me show you this bottle. Will it? It's like, okay, well, yeah, I love will it. Trust me. I've got a ton of it, (laughs) but it's not, you're not holding it up saying, let me show you what I've got. Yeah. Well, can I have some? No. (laughs) It's like, you know, when you go to my house, he almost tipped over a ladder Trying to reach birthday bourbon the first time he ever met me. He came to my house and I was, he's like, well, can I try some of birthday bourbon? I was like, yeah, I'll give it, go up there. If it's on the bar, you can you can have some. And about tipped over the ladder doing it. But that's well, what it's about, right? Is, is sitting down having, hey, I've not had like hard truth. I'll be f- truthful with you. I've only had two bottles ever. When the pick comes in, that's what I, I want to try it. Why? Because yeah. it's an experience. And I would love to go do a pick there. Like that is one of the, like, Love to do a pick with those guys. That place is gorgeous, man. Is it gorgeous? See that, but that's the kind of the stuff that it's just a new experience. Um, and some distilleries like Penelope, uh, it's not a distillery really, but it's not necessarily made for the experience portion of it. Whereas Hard Truth and some of those places like Castle and Key, yeah, oh yeah, I don't love their juice currently because it's young, but Castle and Key is gorgeous. Yeah. So. Oh man! Well, there you have it, guys. Um, just a conversation between friends. 